For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Make sure you catch us on the Nothing But Net channel. Also catch us on Five Reasons YouTube. You can find every one of these episodes as well as the other episodes from the other shows in our network, including Feel the Heat with Alana and Michael also full court press will be going on during the finals. We will be doing streams during the finals. Should make sure that you check those out. Also five reasons, sports.com all the latest from Brady Hawk and others. He's got a new breakdown of how Tim Hardaway jr. Would fit on the heat. I feel like he's done everybody at this stage, uh, but Mario Chalmers and maybe we'll ask him to do Mario too. By the time that this is over with also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. Includes our friends over at CPT of South Florida. If you're looking for IT, we just sent someone there this week. You got to go to CPT of South Florida. It's been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud hosted phone systems and managed IT. If you own a smaller medium business and you're looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, you got to give TJ a call right now. He's been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month. He can do the same for you with a cloud phone system. You can work from anywhere on any device for a free in-person consultation, call TJ at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. And if you call now, there's a promotion that includes 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones and the first two months of service free. That's a deal. And you can deal with an owner, not just a sales rep. So give TJ at CPT a call at 954 966 2766 or visit the website at cpt-florida that's cpt-florida.com and now tonight's episode one two three four five on the floor welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the miami heat and the nba featuring ethan skolnick with alex toledo and greg sylvander part of the five reasons sports network All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's the floor plan. Got the full crew tonight. Alex Salito, you can follow at Tropical Blanket. Greg Sylvander, you can follow at Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Five Reasons Sports or at Ethan J. Skolnick. Typically, if you want the sports, do the Five Reasons Sports. If you want my takes about country music, uh, which I'm not a fan of, you can go to Ethan J. Skolnick. Thanks to Alex Skolnick for reaching out last night, by the way. Alex Salito does not know who that is, but that's okay. We're going to continue from here. Uh, we got a couple of episodes we're going to get to you in the next couple of days. I know we took a couple of days off, and we've got a lot planned coming up this week. But for today, we're going to sort of put the Hawks to rest. Uh, we haven't had an opportunity to get together since the conference finals ended between the Bucks and the Hawks. The Bucks, of course, winning that series four games to two. Maybe they might not have if Trey Young had not been gimpy. Maybe it would have happened quicker if Giannis hadn't gone out. But either way, the Hawks made an impression in the playoffs. Um, a team that 
looked like they were going nowhere before they made a coaching change. Now they've basically decided that Nate McMillan is going to be their coach going forward, going to sign a four-year contract. Things kind of turned in a game against the Heat here in Miami. Uh, and then, of course, they beat the Heat in a game that really haunted the Heat the rest of the season, that, that game against a team without Capella or Trey Young, and the Heat lost anyway. And now the Hawks are kind of the darlings of NBA Twitter. Um, I have some views on this. I know, Greg, you have some views on this. You, Greg, do not buy into the notion that the Hawks, who, I mean, let's just go through it, have a legitimate star blooming who performed well in the playoffs in Trey Young, a guy in John Collins who's a legitimate piece. We'll have to see if they actually keep him. Cam Reddish has been a disappointment for the most part, but started to show signs here in this series. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, a player who was injured but played well this season. Uh, it seems to me, and I know I'm missing someone off the top of my head, it seems to me like that's a lot of assets, like a lot of young pieces that even if they're not the guys going forward, could be put together to find a piece to play with Trey Young. Do you believe the Hawks have a brighter future than the Heat? I mean, the short answer is no, but I'll explain why. Um, it's not that the that the Hawks don't have a more attractive um, core, I think, top to bottom. And obviously, Trey Young kind of showed some of the kind of star quality, big game stuff that that some players never really, you never see that kind of stuff out of them. So that can kind of maybe even transcend what he does on a regular season basis. If he becomes that kind of playoff player. Um, but they're, they're in a unique circumstance right now where they have a bunch of co players contributing far above their salaries. I mean, Trey young is still on his rookie contract. Deandre Hunter's on his rookie contract, Cam Reddish rookie contract, uh, Kevin Herter rookie contract. So they have this luxury of, of, you know, Gallinari being their highest paid player and going and getting Bogdanovich and stuff like that. And I just think that this is where I always side with the heat is that I just feel like I trust the organization to figure it out. I know I sound like a broken record with that, but even despite the fact that the Hawks have all of those players, they own all of their picks going forward. They actually own multiple second round picks in money of the upcoming drafts. So if you look at the asset base in its entirety, yeah, I'd love to give all of that to the, to the heat front office, but if the Hawks don't figure something out and catch lightning in a bottle in the next few years, just to put this in perspective, the last two years, they've been 23 in payroll and 25 in payroll. They are $33 million away from the luxury tax heading into next season. So eventually they're going to be faced with the decision. You're going to pay the tax and we'll see if the Hawks pay the tax, but if their recent history suggests they're not going to, so they have this window. Let's see if they capitalize. I don't think they will. To, to be fair, though, it's a different group in the front office. It's a different group in ownership than in years past. So I, I, I understand that to a certain degree past is prologue and the Hawks have not attracted free agents. Generally, they've had to overpay when they've done it. Um, but Alex, I mean, I, I guess my question would be this. If if this is all about acquiring stars, right, like pairing stars together, getting two or three guys, the Hawks have one. For sure. Okay. It would seem to me like, again, are they going to get one through free agency as easily as the heat would if all things were equal? No. But if a star has to be acquired by trade, if it's a Dame Lillard, if it's a player like that, it would seem to me that Portland would hang up the phone with Miami faster than they would hang up the phone with Atlanta. Is that not right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I get what you mean for sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it both ways. Like, I definitely understand uh, Leif's logic and everything he's saying there. Cause, and, and I kind of agree. I just, I do trust the Heat to figure things out. I just kind of look at the two teams as two different categories, right? I'm looking at the Hawks as like this upstart young team that's ahead of schedule. And I know I said that about the Heat uh, for a long time, especially, you know, after they got to the finals, like that whole run, they were just ahead of schedule. But they're on two different schedules. The Hawks are like on this, you know, they, they've been rebuilding the past few years, the past two, three seasons, whatever it's been now. And they're way ahead of schedule in terms of this great young core that they have just kind of turning into a competitive playoff team and having this conference finals run. I don't think anybody saw that coming this year. So they're ahead of schedule in their rebuilds, whereas the Heat were ahead of schedule at that point in that Jimmy window. I don't think anybody expected them to get to the finals uh, as the five seed. And so to me, it's just like the heater, the heater in that window of, okay, we're trying to win now with Jimmy. This is a team that's all about trying to add pieces of whatever age it's like, it's, what I'm trying to say is I know I'm kind of fumbling it here. It's just they're they're two different teams that you can't really compare. Like the the two contexts of the team building, it's tough to compare. The Hawks, absolutely, you look at their assets, their young players, their picks, and you would rather have that than the Heat. Now, the problem is uh, everything else that comes with it, right? Like Jimmy and Bam, you have, like you said, Ethan, you have two, you know, stars right there that are two-way players. I think people look at Trey Young, it's like you have this young guy who gets buckets and he's really, really talented. And it's just kind of like easy to buy into, but he is their one guy. Everything else is like, they have a bunch of really nice young players and they kind of, it, the onus is on them to build that into a championship team. But and Alex, so, do they have anybody on like their roster beyond, do they have anybody on that roster beyond Trey who has star quality? Like, like, okay. Cause Jimmy and Bam, I think we agree. I mean, Jimmy has star quality for sure. Bam, no matter what some people think about what happened in the playoffs, I think still has that, ceiling he's still a top 25 player yes. Pro, yes right okay so is there anybody else on that roster with that kind of because i think you could make a case that once you get past the top two that if you're to go three through seven on the rosters that there's going to be more hawks in there than there are heat players i i you know i, I think we, you're right we, we can discuss tyler hero and duncan robinson neither of which may still be on the team next year particularly tyler but I do think when you start to go deeper into this roster, you would rather have the potential of some of the Hawks players. But I guess the question is, do any of them have star quality? Does, I mean, Clint Capella is an outstanding role player. Okay. He's not a star. I mean, he's in he's that role. Guy. He's perfect. Yeah. But right. he's not, doesn't have star quality. I mean, John Collins, as much as I like him as a player and love the idea of John Collins next to Bam, and we've talked about that. Like if we're talking star quality, like star star, I I, I don't think that that's the. Does Camp Reddish him. have star quality potential? Maybe, maybe, but like, are we waiting around for that? And is 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 Trey Young going to be making fifty five million dollars a season by the time Cam Reddish has the ability to do that? So to your point, Ethan, maybe that's the guy they flip to bring in someone that's closer to the to the timeline. Cam Reddish is the one piece that I think has that capability to jump out and become a star um and hero was the one guy from miami and i, I just want to finish by saying on uh, and finish this segment of of uh of this conversation by just saying that remember what the heat's young players were thought of after last year and then one season and it all changes and their values are different and i just think that that the hawks could be subject to that same type of uh 
ups and downs of value, you know, and perception of that. Alex, do you pay John Collins? What, what's the, I'm not talking about from the Heat's perspective, from the Hawks' perspective. Do you pay to keep John Collins? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you think that for me, you would get more of an answer going the other way based on our past conversations. But no, that's kind of been my whole thing is that, you know, we've gone back and forth about how good he really is. But I do think he's somebody that they should keep. No doubt about it. Like, again, they're ahead of schedule. They just got to the conference finals, which they did. What was it? 2015, 2016, when they when they got messed up by the Cavs. But that's not something that the Hawks do a lot. So that I don't understand why, you know, the logic in letting him walk, even if it does get expensive, you could trade him, right? Because, you know, you can save face, sign him and then trade him, which we know organizations have done in the past. You know, it's like, we're going to reluctantly sign you just because we'd rather not let you walk and lose the asset. And then we could trade you in the future. You know, and that's just kind of looking at it from a cynical way, but just in a, from a team building perspective, it's just like, you have all these young pieces there. Why would you let him walk? He's a good player. And even if you don't think he's going to be a star, even if you think he's going to be overpriced, uh, if you don't think he's as good as the the contract is going to look. Like I said, he's going to be tradable. He's already somebody that fits with what you've got there. It's not like he's getting in the way of other guys. They, I just think they have a roster full of pretty good players. And I think, like, go from there. They got to mix and match. They got to make a couple of trades in the next couple of seasons just to kind of maximize Trey there because they're already clearly uh, in that winning schedule. I just think that the Hawks are now in that category of Eastern Conference contenders. That's basically what's happened here was we, the Heat are trying to get back into it and we expect them to get back into it. But the Hawks are, are, are clearly, you know, they made a statement. They're back in there. I, I think when you look at, at some of their players and their contracts too, they have contracts that they could easily consolidate. Uh, because you mentioned so many of them are on, are on cheap deals. Um, I mean, the, the problem may be getting to a certain number to get another player. But, I mean, I, I look, the Bogdanovich contract is reasonable. Um, the Gallinari contract, I think, is flippable. The the Herder contract is a bargain, okay? Uh, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot there that they can play with. I, again, it's an inexperienced front office from the perspective we don't really, I don't think we really have a book on them except to say, most of what they did this past off season worked. Like if you yeah. go back, right. I mean, if you go back a year, the Capella move clearly filled a hole for them. Okay. And they got him cheap from Houston because Houston basically wanted to go to that small ball thing. The Bogdanovich deal was smart after Milwaukee botched that. Um, the Herder draft pick, if you go back, looks like that was appropriate for the slot. Even Gallinari. And usually when you're mm -hmm. aggressive in free agency, those teams is a, are the teams we laugh at. And Atlanta kind of showed, and Milwaukee even to a degree showed, that um, you know the, that that aggressive stuff paid off in this particular circumstance. And Greg, they also made an, you know a risky move by making a coaching change you know, during the season. And it paid off to go to a guy who I know was on their staff, but I mean, had just kind of, I mean, a lot of negative things were said about Nate on the way out the door in Indiana. Uh, and that ended up working out. So I, I do think that you're dealing with more competent, like I feel like in the heat's division. Okay. Which we don't talk about divisions much, but Orlando, Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta, you're kind of been waiting for one of those franchises to show oh, consistent Atlanta. competence, right? Yeah. It's definitely Atlanta. Like, with Charlotte, I think has drafted better of late when Cupcheck since Cupcheck's come in. Okay. And I think they're reasonably well coached too. 
Uh, Washington, now Scotty Brooks is gone. They're still looking for direction and identity. Uh, and Orlando, I mean, Steve Clifford, to me, was the best part of that whole thing. And he's and out they're of there. tearing it down. Yeah, they're tearing it down. Right. And they're always tearing it down. So I just think that, like, when you look at, at, at the – you're looking for one team in the division – and the division thing hurt them this year. If you're looking for one team in the division, it is clearly Atlanta. And I do think you're looking at, at contracts you can consolidate. I mean, even the deals that didn't work out didn't hurt them. Like, we liked Chris Dunn a little bit for the Heat prior to the season. He made really no contribution to the Hawks. Uh, that didn't hurt them. Even picking up Solomon Hill on a cheap deal was like, that plugged a hole for them. And, it did. And he, he gave this them the thing. This Forget, is the thing. Forget uh, Rondo. They picked yeah, up Rondo, Rondo traded him for Lou Will, and two second-round picks. People that's a good get trade, it, right? I it, mean, that's right. Absolutely. It was huge. It was a huge move. And they went to him late. And, and when Trey especially was banged up there, Lou was, was settling them and stuff like that. And it worked out. And I guess this is where I lean with all these teams. I wrote something on Twitter about how I have a friend who's a Bulls fan. And I said that the Heat would get another one before the Bulls ever got back. And we're still like going on that bet year over year because the Bulls are never getting back there. When you just look at how few teams make it to finals, um, and, and look in the Eastern Conference in the last 10 years, I think there's been five franchises. And in the West, there's been four in the last, uh, you know, decade or so. Like, it's just hard to do that. So, like, that's where there's a part of this where I'm just stacking the deck in the Heat's favor is that they're kind of part of that group that, that finds a way to get there. And I don't know why it's the same franchises that keep figuring that out. Um, and maybe Atlanta will become one of those, but they're not there yet. All right. After the break, I want to talk about the other team that got eliminated in the conference finals. We addressed this a little bit before they were eliminated, but we're going to get into it here in a second. We're going to talk about some about the Clippers. Uh, but before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network trade shows are back. If you need a trade show exhibit, you need help to get going again. Maybe your marketing team isn't fully back yet. You need a one-stop shop. You get the full booth build. You get the design, a one-stop shop for trade shows, the logistics, the booth, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to help get you noticed. They can teach you the difference between renting and buying what's better for you. And they're based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but they can service all 50 states. So schedule a free consultation with a free booth rendering. It's a free consultation and get a free booth rendering so they can show you exactly what it's going to look like. All you got to do is mention five reasons. Mention five reasons. It's the number five R-E-A-S-O-N-S, 954-791-8882. That's 954-791-8882. Or just reach out through the website. It's everythingtradeshows.com. That's everythingtradeshows.com. You can ask for Chris, too, if you like, and he'll hook you up. So, again, mention five reasons. Make sure you get that free booth rendering. All right, let's get to the Clippers here. We did a full episode about the Kawhi fantasy. I think since then... We've heard even more that, I mean, this really is a fantasy here that, I mean, I, I don't think anybody really believes Kawhi is, is leaving Los Angeles in spite of how weird that was at the end. And we know it got weird in San Antonio late tends to get weird with Kawhi at the end where he just kind of vanishes. Yeah. And nobody the Heat aren't anything. counting on that as a viable option. That's what I was going to ask you. So, I mean, I, I think, uh, so let's look at it from the other side. Do you think that there's any chance that the Clippers uh, now that Paul George's value has been rehabilitated during the postseason, may decide to split them up. I love that. That's a great question. That is like uh, something that I could totally see happening just in the effort of them coming up short again. 
Uh, I think that they do kind of have this little bit of this injury thing now that they're going to be able to maybe squeeze another year out of this experiment. But eventually the, the, the noise is going to get too loud around Kawhi. I think, you know, and he's the guy who doesn't want noise around him, but inevitably it's coming to him. If the Clippers continue to, to fizzle out, Paul George would be the guy. And I'll just say this, the heat have loved him. They've targeted him in the past when he was in Indiana, uh, the heat, uh, you know, offered packages, you know, that when justice had value and Dragic and all kinds of different stuff to try to get him in Miami. So I know they like him as a player um, and they'd probably be interested if he became available, but for some, something tells me there's going to be one more year that they give that a shot. Alex, is there any way the Clippers can win a championship with their current core? Absolutely. Yeah. I still, I still do think they can win. Uh, I think they got a lot of like unexpected performances from guys in their roster who I, I was downplaying the rest of the roster outside of those two. I still think they need a little bit more playmaking. Like if they kind of had a similar thing going on to what the Bucks did last year, a similar thing going on to, I think what the heat do now is like, they just need kind of a point guard there to settle them down. Is, and that's kind of their biggest need right now. I think if, if they get something, they fill that hole, they can absolutely be back there. And I kind of feel the same. I think they're going to give it one more year seeing now that Paul George, you know, won those games there with Kawhi not there, got them to the conference finals, which is, you know, huge for the Clippers, having never done that before in franchise history. I'm sure that, you know, from indoors, from inside, I'm saying, trying to give it another year there. And I don't know, man. I don't know if I actually believe that they'll win a title. I just look at the roster, I look at the title, and I say they can. But I don't know. I don't really, like, I will probably be selling my, my Clippers stock right now. I'm just shaky on. If you asked us that about the Suns last year, we would have said no. So you see how like fragile this is. No, it can change. I feel you. But let's look. Let's look at some of the rest of the roster then. Okay, so because I mean, you mentioned they may be looking for a point guard. Uh, You know, we have not really talked about Reggie Jackson in the context of the Heat at all. I know the focus is Lowry, then maybe Conley, then maybe Dinwiddie. Um, I mean, Dennis Schroeder's talking about wanting a hundred million dollars. I mean. Reggie Jackson outplayed him in the postseason. Yeah. I, and I, I, I know that the Reggie Jackson experiment didn't really work in Detroit. Understand after, you know, in OKC he got out from under Westbrook's shadow. He's kind of handed the keys to a franchise. It didn't work out. Uh, but he played exceptional. Like Reggie Jackson has one of those point guard skill sets where he can get you a triple double. Like he, he has that kind of ability. He's been historically inefficient, but was not inefficient in the Western conference finals. Like, I mean, Greg, would there be any interest from the heat in him? Is he a backup option? Maybe. Um, if by backup, you mean like backup plan? Yes. Like I feel like, yes, that's what, no, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd it, be a backup. It, it, if several things fell through, I think that they would look at a Reggie Jackson type move and it would be with the, um, inspiration to maybe, uh, because I, I would think in that scenario, they would probably be operating as a cap space team and you would look to try to split it between him and someone else or something like that. But that would not be the, the main option. I think he has a, a kind of a scoring profile that could help Miami, but I just feel like there's a little bit of fool's gold that I'm sensing from that playoff appearance and I just wouldn't want to invest in him I think that there's a lot of other options including a guy like Lonzo Ball who's brought up his three-point shooting above 37 percent two years in a row on high volume like let's take a shot there versus Reggie Jackson please no I get it but Reggie Jackson has more of a scoring profile you mentioned it he's older but he has more of a scoring profile uh the other guy that's kind of interesting uh with the Clippers well there's a couple 
uh, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum, right? Like, I mean, there's, you know, at, at different price points. I mean, they've looked at Marcus Morris before. They'd have to uh, trade for him. So it's like, do you want to pay him $15 million? It's a lot of money, right? Uh, but Batum's a free agent, right? And and, and Batum, I, I felt like rehabilitated his uh, image a little bit, you know, because I he, he was kind of known as a little bit lazy and played to the contract, you know, he didn't live up to the contract and all that stuff, didn't play hurt. Uh, he played pretty well this year, though, right? I mean, would you look at Batum as a possible stretch player next to Bam? Yeah, absolutely. Just because I think of him in that category of other fours that we talked about, there's like guys that you could potentially get for not too much of your of your money. And I'm of the mind that I would rather they, you know, when it comes to free agents and trying to like cover all these little holes that we've talked about for the past years and for the heat, I mean, for the, for the past year, when it comes to the heat, it's just like the four and filling up the front court depth to me, it's just, that's the thing that I would budget the least amount of resources towards. And that's not saying that I don't think it's a problem. I'm just saying I would rather have like some decent role guys there and you could mix up the different types of guys, right? Like it doesn't have to be two small ball guys. It could be, a Jermichael Green type and a small wall guy, or whether it be a Batum or an Ariza or any of these other guys that might be in that same category, I'm good with it. I, I mix and match however you like. I think Batum fits right in there. In the past, he, he's done more. You don't need him to do more, right? He's a 3 and D guy who just knows how to play the game. When, he, when a guy closes out, he can attack the basket. It's very easy for guys like that, and I just think he would fit right in. They just need to get, you know, they need to fill all these holes and Go after Batum, go after Marcus, Markeith Morris, go after Ariza, go after P.J. Tucker, Jeff Green, all these guys. I th- I just think, you know, mix and match. All right, mix and match on prize picks. Use the code 5, use the code 5. We're going to be doing uh, some giveaways on prize picks too, but you have to deposit money. Like just signing up and just sitting there looking at it is not enough. You got to start playing. We're going to teach you how to do that. We're going to do a new show on our channel called Prize Picks on Five. I'm going to do that with David Eversall and David Friedman. Give you some My DMs are open for questions too. Yeah, DMs open for questions. And like we're going to do this all through the finals. Um, so we're going to get you started here during the finals to teach you how to play. Make a deposit of 20 bucks at prizepicks.com using the code five. You'll get a bonus. And on Twitter, we're going to tell you how to give you a little bit of that money back as well. All right, so make sure you check it out prizepicks.com use the code five we'll have another episode out for you in the next 24 hours thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.